everyone, and welcome again to the Just Shiatsu Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Zielinski, and today I wanted to take a look at Masunaga's organ descriptions and functions in comparison to the classical uh, descriptions of the organs and functions. Obviously, this isn't going to embody everything. That's a little bit complex, and I'm not even sure I can embody every aspect of everything. But I wanted to quickly look at the differences between the two, or the similarities, which is probably more the uh, the appropriate way to say it. So the first thing I think we should consider, again, is, you know, Masunaga's system has its own channel network that slightly varies from the original system that's in the classical, or at least in the Neijing. And this, I think, lends itself more to organ function because there is no combination of channels in the classical sense. There's separate channels that run through the arms and legs, and they are each combined so that the channel runs through the whole body. For an example, we have the Yang Ming channel, which is, you know, Yang Ming leg, Yang Ming hand, which is the combination of stomach and large intestine together as a spreading function through the whole body. Masunaga system doesn't have that. But it is interesting to note that most of the channels Masunaga has are very close to each other on the body. So, for example, lung and spleen are together. Those two channels are right next to each other. We got triple heater and gallbladder. Those two channels are right next to each other. You know, there's a lot of those similarities in his channel work or his description of the channels that he discovered or found that relates a lot to classical theory. So in that way, they are showing that the function is close enough that they actually resonate closely in the body. There's a few exceptions, and I can't explain them. But it's just interesting to to note that in Masanaga's channel system that they they do sit next to each other most of the time in the pairings as well. And then the other really interesting about thing about Masanaga's work with function of the organs is he was a psychology major, and I believe he had a degree in psychology. He was very interested in exploring the psychology of of you know human life, and he he well he spent some time designating some psychological effects or functions that can sit in the network as well. So those are really interesting. It's almost probably the most fascinating aspect of Masanaga's work is the psychological and personality um, traits he he gives to the organs. But I wanted to start out with a quote from Masunaga in, in his book. I believe this one's in the Meridian Exercises book. And the quote is, the order of energy circulation through the meridians is said to follow the principle of yin and yang. But no one has offered a satisfactory explanation of how the yin-yang principle was applied to determine order of energy circulation in the meridians. That's the end of the quote. And it's, it's interesting to note that this was his point of focus, right? At least in his description of trying to figure out the organ function and channels. This was, you know, his main focus. It's also important to understand that this flow that he used is referred to in the classics as like the nutritive flow. So this is where all the key that is brought in through food and water and through the lung is then circulated around the body systematically through this, this system. But the other thing that's important to note too is there were other dynamics explained in the classics outside of this specific nutritive flow. Um, there is this element of the divergent channels, which isn't an aspect of the nutritive flow. There's an extra, extraordinary vessels 
which again is not a regular part of the nutritive flow, at least not the described part of the nutritive flow. We have the Wei Qi, which is the protective Qi, which doesn't really circulate in a particular flow in the same way. And there's a slight alteration in some descriptions of flow here and there in the classics that, that don't really match just the nutritive flow. So when Masunaga was trying to look at these this flow, he was trying to make sense of why it goes from the classic starts with the lung channel. Then it moves to the large intestine, which then moves into stomach, which then moves into spleen, which is the two earth elements, and then flows into the fire element, which moves into heart and small intestines. Then from small intestines, it moves into the bladder and kidney, which is the water element. And then we return once again to another aspect of fire, and it moves into the pericardium and the triple heater, and then moves finally into the wood aspect, into the gallbladder, and finally into the liver. And then it returns again to lung. So the circulation is, is, a, is a wheel. It never stops. It's always continually just flowing around. And hopefully that'll give you a little reference point if you're like, well, I don't understand what this flow is. Those are the order in which they flow through the channels. Well, Masunaga in his books wrote about this idea of uh, a single cell. Like if we can explain these functions through a single-celled organism, we can explain these functions through all of life. So he starts with the, the metal movement, which is the lung and large intestine. And, you know, he says this is the aspect that creates a border. You know, it's the thing that defines us from the environment, which in classical medicine, you know, we could say the skin is that border. Next, after we've created a border, we need to find a way to nourish and sustain this life that we we have. So he, you know, next is the stomach and spleen. So this is about digestion and bringing in resources to recharge the body or, you know, power the body. And then next he talks about now that we have brought that into the digestive system, it also needs to move into the body to circulate and assimilate, become part of us. And he gives this the heart element and, you know, that again does match the classical theory of the heart as being the center of us. Then once these elements are brought in and become part of us, they they get refined and filtered so that they can be moved around to the proper areas. And he gives this aspect to the water elements, which is kidney and bladder. Then next, to distribute this, we need to have waterways or pathways to transport all this essence to the correct spots and areas in the body. And this is the charge of the 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 second element of fire or the pericardium and triple heater. And then lastly, we need a storage system for that energy when it's not used. We don't want it to go to waste. So the body has a way for storing and accessing that for when it needs, you know, bursts of energy for future needs. And this is what he attributes to wood or the liver and gallbladder. And then this cycle circles again and we can simplify it. So right, it goes back to distinguish the borders so we you know that movement then circulates back out to the edge to reinforce the borders which then requires nutrition to sustain then we get the nutrition we absorb and filter that into the body then it gets moved to where it's needed and anything that's excessive that can still be used the body efficiently stores and waits for later right and that cycle just keeps continuing over and over and over and this is his description of what it takes to be a living thing. 
So now I want to look more distinctly at the different elements. The interesting thing in Masunaga's work, he gives keywords which are basically a great single worded or simple phrase that really does break it down to the most fundamental aspect of what it's doing. And if you just knew those and used that idea with uh, shiatsu treatment, you would be a very good practitioner. So we start out with the metal element. And the general idea for metal is transmission. And when we look specifically at the lung aspect of it, he says the lung is in charge of exchange. In the classical sense, it's our communication with the key of the environment bringing the heavenly key in. It's in charge of the breath, and it brings order and moderation to the body through the rhythmic movements of the lung. And then as it's brought in, the lung is also charged with mixing the, all the chi in the body and then distributing it around. And Masunaga agrees with all this. He has the intake of ki and it spreads to the surface. And, you know, he, he goes a little step further and says it's the exchanging of the gases, which is the exhalation and inhalation. And we know he talked about this is also the part or the element that defines us from the external environment. And again, with the classical medicine, it's in charge of the skin and body hair and our borders that separate us from the outside world, again, is our skin. An element that Masunaga adds to it that isn't necessarily given so defined of a purpose is he says it builds up resistance against external intrusions, which usually people take to mean it helps the immune system. It helps push or keep pathogens out of the body. And again, this does kind of match up with the classical idea of the skin being a border and that, you know, this is where we also allow or provide the protective barrier that stops things from entering. There's a couple of classical elements here that aren't specifically defined by Masunaga. And the classical elements that aren't really clearly defined in Masunaga's explanations in the, in the books is the lung is also responsible for mixing the food chi and the heavenly chi or the you know the breath into one organized chi that can then be distributed around the body for use and the lung is in charge of all chi and all movement in the body so any chi issue in the classical sense is always going to involve involve lung and then the lung also has a storehouse called the sea of chi it's not necessarily a lung but it's this idea that the lung brings in chi and has a storage area that it can relate the extra chi to for, for use. And then next we move on to the large intestine, which Masunaga you know, equates with elimination. And in the classical sense, there's not a whole lot given to large intestine because it's more considered a movement of lung, but it is considered the transmitter along the way. And you can take that to mean, you know, from a physical sense, the feces that actually move through the intestines. But also since lung is in charge of moving chi, large intestine also is in charge of moving chi since it is the same elemental movements that it is embracing. When we look at it from the classical standpoint, the anatomical organ has a stronger links to the stomach than it probably does to the channel of large intestine itself. And Masanaga's understanding he did relate the organ to have a little more function for the channel. He did say it coordinates with lungs, so again, it's helping move chi around. It is the elimination of grosser materials. Again, we're moving feces through. And also, in a sense, it's also 
uh, has to do with fluid absorption in and out of the body. And then he said it clears obstructions of key. So, you know, this can be physically seen through the idea of constipation. If we're not moving chi through the body, you know, we're going to get constipated. That's a lack of movement. So that's a reflection in large intestine as to the essential nature of how chi may be moving around the body. But it also constitutes a larger sense of obstructions of chi too, not just in the organ itself. Now, the personality type or, you know, personality traits that someone of a metal origin might have is they might tend to keep to themselves. And they tend to be a more quiet type. The tendencies that they have towards dysfunction usually are, you know, they tend to be a little more isolated. They tend to be closed off and less expressive to others. And they can have trouble finding inspiration. So you can view this like from the sense of the lung brings in the energetic movements that help us move forward through life. If you have a tendency to lack something in this metal element, like you can lack this idea of inspiration, this idea of finding purpose or moving forward through life too. And it can go both ways. So we know there's an excessive and deficient. So deficiency would be like a lack of. You could have an excessive movement where you just are way too inspired, but that's not usually the tendency that lung usually moves towards. So next we move on to the earth element, which in Masunaga's keyword is assimilation. So bringing things in and making it part of us. In the classical sense, spleen and stomach have more mixed tasks and can be harder to define individually. But Masunaga did set aside more individual tasks for the organs, which is, is nice from a standpoint of being able to explain more what they do. The earth element is the master of transportation and transformation. You can think of it as the digestive system. It's taking in key and fluids. And when we look at spleen individually, in a classical sense, it's pulling in chi and fluid, and it adds the nutri nutritional elements to the, the system. And you can think of it just adding it to the blood, which then gets moved around the body. Masanaga, you know, credits the spleen with digestion and fermentation. And, you know, he links this to the secretion of digestive enzymes, which spleen sometimes is considered to be the pancreas as opposed to the anatomical spleen in some classical thought or comparison. And, you know, this equates to, you know, some of the digestive enzymes in the the intestines that help break down our food and, you know, move them inward. He also relates the spleen to the cerebral cortex, cerebral cortex. And, you know, we can think of this as the idea of the digestion of thoughts. So like, just like the digestive system has to move things through it, the digestive process has to happen in our thoughts as well. We have to be able to move forward in our thinking, digest it, assimilate it, and then move forward as opposed to continually ruminating on the same idea. He does give the spleen some control over reproductive hormones, and especially in relation to the breasts and ovaries. The earth element, you know, goes over the front of the body, and its channels, you know, do run over the area of the ovaries and the breasts as well. In a classical sense, spleen is in charge of holding in the blood. And sometimes I like to think of this because the spleen is in charge also of flesh. So the flesh is what creates the spaces and the defined spaces in the body. And if these spaces are clearly defined, it holds the blood in. If these spaces become less defined, the blood tends to leak out. 
Uh, it is in charge of removing useless material. Again, just moving things through the digestive system. And the spleen itself has an ascending movement, which in the classical sense, it brings the chi up into the heart and lungs so that this chi can be mixed with the heavenly chi that then can be distributed around the body through the lung. Stomach, again, is in the classical sense, it's more just the whole digestive system. And when I say that, I mean from the mouth to the anus is usually considered some domain of the stomach. So it has some influence over all of the young digestive organs in the sense. And in the classicals, it is also the storehouse of water and food. It's often called the granaries or the storehouse. And it's also in charge of rotting and ripening the food. Masunaga adds a little more definition to some of these movements. So instead of the whole digestive tract, Masunaga gives the stomach the areas of the esophagus, the stomach, the duodenum, and the jejunum are all aspects of stomach. The large intestine is not part of, of that system for him. Stomach will be part of our appetite control. And he gives it, again, some, some area of control in the menstrual cycle. You know, earth is about flowing and moving through things. So when things aren't flowing smoothly, that does affect the menstrual cycle. And again, stomach can affect lactation, the ovaries, and areas of reproduction. Again, because the channels move through those areas. And the stomach, in the classical sense, is the descending element. So spleen ascends, stomach descends, and the classical element, those two mix together to create full movement through the body. In Masunaga's work, the personality type of an earth element person would probably be a worrier. Someone who's constantly thinking and having trouble moving through and digesting their thoughts or over-focusing on aspects of their thoughts. And this leads to certain tendencies also. So eating disorders often are aspects of a, an earth imbalance. Overthinking. And then earth sometimes tends to embrace things too quickly without much thought. So the opposite of overthinking is just not giving it any thought. So this would be the yin-yang dynamic of the earth element. Next, we move on to fire, and specifically the emperor fire of classical thought. And the emperor fire just means the heart and small intestine. Masanaga gives this element the idea of awareness or consciousness. And when we talk specifically the heart, the key word he uses there is integration. In the classical sense, it's in charge of vital circulation. And everything is transformed through the fire of the heart. And the heart stores the spirits, or the Shen Ming, as we've talked about in past episodes. In Masanaga's realm, he kind of agrees with all this, but he specifically adds the idea of compassion, the emotions, and spirit. You know, earth is, uh, heart is in charge of the blood circulation, where in the classical sense, it's probably more just all circulation. The functioning of the senses, you know, processing everything we take in and making it a part of ourselves, so that perfectly makes sense. And because the heart is more about awareness and consciousness, right? It it's really can affect any aspect of the total body. So it adapts the external to the internal. So everything outside of the world, we interpret and it becomes part of us. That's aspect of heart as well. And then we move on to the small intestine, which is the key word is conversion. In a classical sense, there's not much given to it, but there is a simple phrase that most people refer to. It is the recipient of what has been perfected. And you can think of this as it's actually receiving the broken down food from the stomach in a physical sense. So, and that way it's receiving that and then it pulls and brings all that nutrition into us and makes it a part of us. In a bigger sense, you could think of it's the transformation of things originating in it as well. 
So in a bigger sense, it could mean anything that comes into the body, not just through the digestive process, is uh, processed and transformed through the small intestine and then given to the heart. In Masunaga's descriptions, he gives it the displacement and digestion of food. It is involved with the circulation. He gives the small intestine the idea of the production of blood. And because of this, it has you know some effects on menstruation and the ovaries. He also gives the small intestine the idea of handling traumas, shocks, emotional issues that we, we take into the body, right? This is the, the shock absorption aspect of, of bringing things into ourself. If it's not safe to bring in, this is the small intestine that then stores it someplace else because we can't handle that information right now. So it's, it holds things inside, but in a safe way. Or it's meant to be a safe way, but these holdings in long periods of time can create other issues. And he gives, you know, the spine some aspects to the small intestine, being that the the discs of the spine are the actual shock shock, absor- shock absorbers of the body. And then, so the spine or the small intestine can store these spaces in these shock absorbers, or sure these, you know, store these traumas, these things that we can't handle into these spaces, which then can relate to spinal issues from holding in these areas that, that, that are lacking flow now because something's obstructing it. The personality type of the emperor fire is, you know, they hey, tend to have too much self-control. They tend to be very formal. They might be drawn to ritual rituals and, you know, formal events in society. Uh, the tendencies of imbalances of the fire element is, you know, you tend to be more anxious, more nervous, and you may have issues communicating through speech being as you take things in, but you're having trouble expressing them back out. And of course, since we're talking about the fundamental elements of self, it really can affect anything. So the fire element can really belong to just about any dysfunction that happens in the body. Next, we move on to water. And Masanaga's keyword is water metabolism. If we look at the kidney specifically, we got the keyword of vitality. And in a classical sense, the kidney stores the essence. And to me, nothing is more essential to life than water. So the essence, you know, giving it this idea of like being the creator and storer of like all essences, you know, reflects in that water also is the transporter of the essences that would need to get to other places. So in my mind, this is how, you know, kidney becomes the vitality, the the essence of essence that moves around then to be the essences of the other organs is through this mastery of fluid, which is the essence of life on earth as we know it. Also the idea of form and movement. And as we know, Chinese medicine is all about movement. Um, the kidney also just masters the fluid. So it helps balance the fluids in the body. It has to do with, you know, the water metabolism and Masanago of course agrees, balances fluids. It detoxes and purifies the blood which then produces urine, being that kidney is the essence of essences. You know, the way we create life is through, you know, egg and sperm, which would be the essences of essences that are needed to create life, right? So this gives kidney the the source of reproduction and growth. It is the element that handles that in the most clear way. And again, Masanago agrees with this. You know, the libido is a function of kidney, Sexual performance can be a function of kidney. And Masanaga also gives it the resistance against mental stress, which again lines up with the classical. The will is also associated with kidney classically. This is the idea of the 
the resistance, the willpower. And lastly, he gives it the internal hormonal regulation. This, of course, doesn't line up with classical thought because hormones were not an aspect that was really uh, looked at in the classical sense. I'm not even sure they knew hormones existed in the body at that point in time. But it does make sense when we look at it through some classical thought, right? The adrenal glands sit on top of the kidneys, so they probably are considered part of the kidneys classically. And we know that the bones and marrow are in the creation of kidney or water, right? The sea of marrow or marrow. The sea of marrow is considered the brain in classical thought, and it, the kidney is in charge of the, the marrow, so the sea of marrow is the realm of kidney. So when we think of it that way, we know all hormonal regulation is usually function through the, the glands that are in the brain. And um, so this makes sense from a classical standpoint that kidney would actually be in charge of internal hormonal, hormonal regulation. Next, we move on to bladder, and he gives us the keyword of purification. In a classical sense, it collects and excretes urine and is considered, you know, the irrigation system of the waterways. And again, Masanaga agrees, you know, it's the excretion of urine, but he adds specific elements of the body to it. He gives the pituitary gland the specific um, function to bladder. And I think this has to do with the channel, you know, lying across the, uh, the area where the pituitary gland lies. He gives it the control over the autonomic nervous system. And again, the channel runs across, run the, runs across both sides of the spine, which you know, coincides with all the nerve endings that extend out of the spine. So that makes sense from an anatomical standpoint that this channel would be in charge of those. And again, the reproductive organs in unison with the kidneys function, that makes sense as well. Uh, the personality type for Masunaga is these people tend to be a, a little bit more emotionally unstable and tense. They get overexcited over the slightest things. So these tendencies that they tend to show is they may overwork themselves. They may feel like they have an endless sense of stress. They may be burnt out. And this all has to do with, you know, having too strong of a will and not realizing when it's time to, to relax and let things, you know, move inward. They can be fearful, easily started, develop develop phobias again this is just the fear elements of water or the opposite is they could have sleep issues or they could lack a sense of will so they just have trouble moving through life because they just have no sense of purpose in a way and from a classical sense the sleep issues can relate to the movement of wei chi which actually functions through kidney so this lines up classically as well next we move on to the second aspect of fire which we haven't really talked about these two aspects of fire just know that there's a second aspect of fire, which they call ministerial fire. And I often, in my mind, just call it furnace fire because to me it does mimic kind of the idea of what a furnace does in a house a little bit. And Masanaga's key word for this element is regulation. And this does include two of the organs that are probably the least defined or have the most contention as to what they really are or mean in classical thought because they are not so clearly defined in the classics. So first we'll start with the pericardium, which is often called nowadays, but it also can be translated as the heart protector. 
which takes a little bit of the element of the organ off of it and makes it more an aspect of protection of the heart, right? There's not much said about this in the classical realm. It tends to be referenced when you're treating heart issues. And it also has a couple references to it as residing in the sea of key, which again is in the center of the chest. The lung brings it in and stores it there. The sea of key might also be the heart protector, but who knows? And lastly, there's a quote that is often used because it's one of the only really definitive quotes on the pericardium or heart protector is joy and happiness originate from it. So we know it has something to do with you know, the emotional and state of mind aspects as well. Masunaga does give it a little more definition, which is really nice for someone who wants to have more clear definition when working in this aspect. So he gives it the control of central circulation. So again, it's moving with the heart and get providing that vital circulation through the body. And specifically for him, he considers it more of a deep circulation. So we're looking probably more at the arteries and veins. He also gives it the aspect of the physical heart. So when we have the presence of heart and pericardium, pericardium tends to embrace more the physical heart, where the other heart is more of a conceptual awareness or consciousness. And because it is part of the circulatory system, by default, it helps distribute nutrients around the body as well. Next, we move on to the triple heater, which is often also called the sanjiao or the triple burners. And the key word he gives to this element is protection. Again, this is probably the organ that has the most contention about what it really is in the classical medicine. But there are a couple quotes in the classics that, that are often referenced. And it is, it is the opener of channels and the pathways of water originate from it. This is about all there is to go on from a real strong classical functional aspect. So it's tend to believe that it's just about general circu circulation and irrigation of the whole channel system. So in a way, triple heater sometimes is thought of as the channel system itself. Triple burners also refers to three areas in the body. So we have an upper burner, a middle burner, and a lower burner. And these divisions are usually in the context of like environmental functions, maybe might be a way to say it. Like the upper burner tends to be more of a a mist or a dew. The central burner tends to be more of like where the fluids are kind of residing and, and originating from. And then the lower burner is, is classically it's called the ditch. So it's the collection of all the heavier elements of the water, the unused water, right? Like the stuff that the body no longer needs settles down below, you know, the, the dirtier water, you could say in a sense. But there's also a, a really cool aspect to this idea of three that might have a lot of significance to the, the burner too, right? Three is the number of humanity in a way, right? We have heaven above, earth below, and in the middle, middle the chi mixes, and this is what creates life, this is what creates man. So the triple burner also could, in a sense, be thought of as the mixing of all the elements of humanity or the elements of vitality, the elements of life. It's interesting in the classical works, the kidney is in control of the triple heater. So it, the triple heater is also in charge of water transformation and then distribution of fire because it is a fire element. So sometimes they just said the original chi originates from the triple burner, which then brings to mind this idea of Ming Men, which is 
the original chi of conception is placed between the kidneys because this is where all essence originates from. That might sound a little confusing after hear all, hearing all of that, and that's because it is. You kind of have to pick and choose an idea and kind of explore it for yourself. In Masunaga's terms, it's a lot easier to understand because he gives it a clear definition. He just says it's the peripheral circulation. So you could think of all the fluid movement in the interstitial spaces. You could think of cellular respiration, you know, in that regard. He also gives it the charge of the lymphatic system, you know, being in charge of filtering all the external from getting to the internal. So in a way, it's the protective aspect, which was the key word there. And he also relates it to the mesentery and the abdominal cavity. And again, when we think of the burners, you could think of the division of the burners is the upper burner is everything above the diaphragm and the middle and lower burner is everything below the diaphragm. So the abdominal cavity has a strong relation here. The personality type of the ministerial fire is these people tend to easily catch colds and they usually have an aversion to humid weather. So the tendencies of the imbalance here is they tend to be overly sensitive to changes in the environment. They tend to be a little socially awkward sometimes. They can be overprotective. They may develop allergies. And when we talk specifically of the pericardium, we get chest issues or palpations. You may have sleep issues. The emotional responses to things might be out of proportion to what they should be. And then lastly, we move on to the wood element, which Masunaga defines as decision. So then first we move on to the liver, and the keyword there is storage. In a classical sense, the liver governs storage and distribution through blood regulation. And this isn't the same vital circulation that the heart provides. It's more about the quantity of the blood that is being released into the system. That is liver's function. Heart moves it, liver releases it into the system so it can be moved. In Masunaga's approach, again, he pretty much agrees. It stores nutrients and energy for physical activity. It supplies blood. And here it analyzes and detoxes the blood. And he also gives it this idea of this resistance to disease. And in the Western anatomical sense of the liver, it does actually filter out some bacterial and you know pathogens out of the body before they can enter the body. So there does match with some aspects of the actual liver. In a classical sense, when at rest, blood returns to the liver. If this doesn't happen, we can tend to get sleep issues. And it governs the muscles and the joints. And again, this all relates to, to blood movement. Um, you know, muscles and joints function well when they've got a correct blood supply. If they don't, then they tend to dry out and hurt and ache and not be able to release. Masanaga also relates it to you know, sexual energy. We know that blood flow is required for the arousal of the sexual organs. So again, easy to make that connection with liver. I tend to think there's a lot stronger of a reference with the male organ because the liver is about being rigid and flexible at the same time, which is almost a direct reflection of the male organ. And lastly, liver is in charge of uh, the assessment and planning and again, you can see this reflecting in the physical movement of the blood, right? The liver has to plan why it's releasing blood and where it's going. Next, we move on to the gallbladder, which is the keyword is distribution. 
In a classical sense, the gallbladder is, is an odd organ. There's a quote in the classics that all organs defer to it for decisions. So this is all the yin and yang organs will reflect back to the gallbladder for a decision. It is considered a peculiar organ in the sense that it actually has more function than just its yin-yang pair. Um, it is the only yang organ that stores an essence. And in you know modern idea, it actually does store bile. But in the classical sense, it's just the central essence that it stores. But it is also involved in the digestive process, which is a very yang function. So in this way, the gallbladder actually has yin aspects to it and yang aspects to it, which then makes it a perfect balance of yin and yang. And this is why it is believed that it's it's deferred to for all decisions. right? In a perfect balance of yin and yang, it has no preference to move in either direction and thus makes the most just decision for the body. And this is one interpretation I read that I really liked about why the gallbladder is the decision-making organ of the body when it needs to be deferred to. And in the classical sense, it helps with the control of blood and chi with the liver. Obviously, it's involved even more heavily in the decision-making process than maybe liver is. In Masunaga's descriptions, it distributes nutrients. Yep, matches. It balances energy through the endocrine system. This one I have a little harder time making connection with, but we know that the endocrine system controls basically all long-term movements and decisions in the body. So we could make a loose connection there through the decision-making process of, of gallbladder. It controls and balances the digestive enzymes. Again, all this has to do with the decision-making function in my mind. And of course, he does say it is involved with decision-making. The personality type of the wood element is they tend to work very energetically. They have a tendency to overindulge in food and drink, and they often are in high-stress situations. This leads to some tendencies. A wood element may lack vision or planning. They tend to be more irritable. They tend to be impatient. They tend to work to exhaustion if they do have a vision. They never give up. The opposite of that is they're timid. They're indecisive. And this indecisiveness can affect their sleep because without any clear path in life, it can be a little worrisome. Or you could just be mulling over what needs to be done next without any clear path too, which will affect your ability to rest and get to sleep. And they tend to be really rigid, right? And especially when we're talking about the muscular forces, this really is one of those aspects of wood that like someone who's very stiff and tense, like that's very wood energy when the muscles aren't willing to relax. Well, as always, I hope I helped enlighten you a little bit to how your own body's functioning. Hopefully with this information, you can move forward in life with a new idea and perspective on how maybe you could create healthy movements in yourself. Moving forward, I'm not quite sure where I want to go with next as far as, you know, giving information out in the world. These podcasts have taken a lot longer than I expected when I first started. So I have a feeling that I might move to a bi-weekly or maybe even a longer process before, you know, more episodes tend to flow out. They probably won't be as consistent weekly as they have been. And I hope everyone has the patience to stick with me and just listen to them as they, as they pop up. 
if you have any questions, concerns, or you do have some topics you would like me to cover, you know, feel free to reach out to me. You know, my email address is justzelinski at gmail.com, and that's J-U-S-T-Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-I. And as always, I just hope everyone has a great week, and I hope you'll, you know, give me some of your time and listen to what I have to bring into your life next. And, you know, just have a great week. Thank you.